Kenner, just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. Hi, guys. Welcome to Midnight <laughs> Movie Night, where we discuss some of the most enjoyably bad movies of all time. I'm your host, Kevin Heisinger. Join with me today. Got a, He calls himself a repeat offender on the podcast. His words, it is CTA comedy. Good to see you. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? And who better to talk about this film than someone who met Dolph Lundgren himself, which is Dan Green. Dan? G'day, 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 g'day. <laughs> Showing off that mic. <laughs> oh, man. And can we... Could you tell that story again? How did oh, you, very, you very, golf? very much so, man. I was, uh, I was getting gas. I, I live around the corner from the Laugh Factory, and I was at the uh, nice. gas station there on the corner of Las Cenegas. I can't even Cenegas. I can't even pronounce the name. Thank you very much. There we go. <laughs> and sunset. I'm getting gas, and I, I look over, and the guy pumping gas next to me is none other than than Dolph Lundgren himself. And I just I looked know. at him, and I'm like. I looked at him, he looked at me, and I said, I must break you. <laughs> and he just looked at me and nodded back, and I went, fuck yeah, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, Have a great right. day. And got oh, back man. in my car, no photos, no selfies, no nothing, just a shared moment of coolness from a guy who just gave me the nod, and I'm like, yeah, you are a big son of a bitch too. Because <laughs> uh, I'm six foot three and about 380, and he's bigger than me. Damn, he is and tall, especially in... You can tell in this film, he's just, especially that tiny little hot tub that they gave him for some reason, that little one person. <laughs> I was like, why? Uh, in that house that he built by himself. It's funny. I'm just recently, you would think, because I grew up with Rocky Four, which is great, but I didn't really dive into Dolph's filmography that much until recently. And I got to say, I'm, uh, I'm digging it. I just watched his Punisher. And it's fucking mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And talking about this movie showdown in little tokyo which probably i feel like this is one of the more like homo erotic buddy action films i've ever seen i've never seen a more <laughs> it's up there this is really ah, i don't know why which is so makes it so funny i'm just like okay so here's this action movie mostly for men i'm like why are they always shirtless like why do they keep looking at each other like they want to fuck each other this is it's interesting, and there's some lines in there which we'll get into. I mean, just because, <laughs> I mean, that opening scene, I mean, right off the bat, we got this opening credits, and it just keeps co- showing this dude's chest. Was it a tag. chest? It took it took me 30 seconds to figure out it was a chest. I thought it was a set of back titties. Yeah, I don't. I thought I didn't know this, what it was. It was back or front. I couldn't <laughs> figure out any nipples. I was just, That's good I was filmmaking confused. right there. That's good <laughs> filmmaking. You yeah, remember the credits. You went yeah. home like this. Was that a guy at the beginning? I don't know, but I liked yeah. it. So right, <laughs> yeah. right at the beginning, they get you. They made me uncomfortable, and that's the problem <laughs> with this film. I'm like, okay, like it's supposed to be for men. Why do? Why is it so homoerotic? Why is it so just like all this stuff happening? I don't. And the opening credits happen. In the opening scene, I was very confused by. It felt like three different scenes just kind of like mashed together. I don't really. Like why? Like Dolph you know, what, you know what? Going back to that intro, I wouldn't mind betting all the money I have in my back pocket right now, which isn't a lot. That the <laughs> same guy who did the opening credits for Showdown in Little Tokyo was the same guy who was responsible for Rocky Four. <laughs> Probably because it looks exactly the same. It's two shirtless dudes, 
And then there's the sword and the gun. And then there's the two boxing gloves hitting each other in the dark like that. And slow-mo, it just smells like the same fucking guy. <laughs> Probably. I really <laughs> have no amazing. idea. What's the Japanese word for ding, ding? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same. <laughs> but, oh, man. And we get, so Dolph Lundgren is like, he's breaking into this boxing match. And the Yakuza shows up at the same time. And I just, it's so confusing. Usually scenes like this, you're busting into them, maybe playing cards or doing illegal gambling. But he breaks, he not only, he rope swings into the middle of a boxing match by himself with two very <laughs> trade boxers. And like, what's the plan there? Like, what did he think was going to happen? Like, stop, you're under arrest. Like, I'm completely by myself right now and but as i guess he's just that much of a badass like i'm gonna take you all down but why well that leads us that leads us right to our first great movie line in this movie which is he jumps in the ring says he's going to arrest the guy the guy's like no way you're in the ring with two trained boxers and the dude next to this guy immediately leans over and says 500 bucks on the new guy <laughs> yeah okay and then they do the clap, which is classic 80s. We're going to talk a lot about this point, which is that this movie is right between the 80s and the 90s. 1991. As 1990 is, you know, uh, so many questions. But then he looks right at the end. He goes, good bet. And then he grabs the one guy's leg and kicks the other guy with it. That's amazing. <laughs> there, were, there were so many crazy, like, fight moves that were... Each, each one of these is meant to be... What, what, so if you remember, it started with like the Terminator and things of that nature with, you know, now we'd call them, uh, you know, memes or clips, uh, you know, viral GIFs, GIFs, whatever you want to call them. Right. Small, tiny scenes, vignettes almost, if you will, of like a humor and then violence. You know, think about Predator, stick around, you know. Yeah, a lot of... I'll be back. All the jokes before I blow you away type things. And this movie it's, is like it's the lethal, every one of them. It's lethal the lethal weapon. weapon, lethal weapon effect, mate. What I like about this, though, is the fight scenes are in proper speed. Usually when you watch a martial arts movie, it's quickened up a little bit. Oh, guys are fighting like lightning. But in real life, people don't fight like that. People fight. I've been in plenty of fights. There you go. And people fight slow. And he's very deliberate, Dolph Lundgren, when he fights in this movie. Everything is boom. He fights like he's white. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's not he's not throwing any fast kicks or anything like that around it's it's pretty deliberate shit and i like that i, I was like wow okay that's real i was I gonna know, say even, yeah i've never been in a fight but i could <laughs> it looked different it looked slow it looked <laughs> it is, no, it's, it's real it's, speed it's real speed but in movie terms it looks slow although i will say the restaurant fight later seemed a little slow motion that was <laughs> like i said yeah we'll get to that i just don't okay. understand like why the yakuza shoots the place up why is like oh these guys are boxing let's kill everyone like it's, what the, was it's, the, it's the long coat mate you can't help yourself when you wear the long coat you have to kick some fucking ass right that's I mean, what it comes like... down to it everybody's wearing a long coat <laughs> everyone's carrying a machine gun no slings by the way so i'm assuming they're just carrying those things in the pockets or something like that i don't know <laughs> But so they, they just go down. It's like fuck it, and then they just start killing everyone except Dolph Lundgren, just because why not? <laughs> Even though he's the one you're mad at, and then and, so the, big, and the biggest person in the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, well. he's six foot what seven, and they could not hit that guy. He's surrounded by all these five foot five fighters, but they escape. Dolph Lundgren chases them out, 
the Yakuza drives at him and he just jumps right over that car. That I was... think he did a little kick when he jumped over the car, right? He it was almost like a, like he could only do the jump if he had the kick. Like yeah, he couldn't I just don't... jump. <laughs> now, I... now was this was this before the NBA ad? Was it Kobe that jumped the car? Yeah, it was Kobe that jumped the so car. So Kobe copied this. Right. <laughs> Good for him. I'm sure it was on. Well, I'm sure it was on Italian TV when Kobe was a child. Yeah, under some I, different I, name called, you know, Giant Whitey or something. But I recall Kobe jumped a Lambo, which was going a lot fucking quicker than this convertible old car from Cuba. Whatever. I was just going to say the Cuban driving. cars. The Cuban cars in this film are absolutely worth the price of admission. Right. And this. And not only that, but I mean, like, he just jumps right over it, not even thinking like he could jump in the car and maybe kill the guys, but he just jumps over, they get away, and they don't even turn around. And he's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> and then they just move on with their lives. <laughs> but but have, you, have, you, have you ever Googled, have you go to YouTube and Google jumping car fail? Oh my God. Oh, I, I did this last night. It's worth, well, it's there's worth hundreds it. of them. There's hundreds of people who try this trick and fuck it up. And when you fuck this trick up, it's fucking massive. You're like, hey, no. you, you, you're only, you only fuck it up once, though, right, Dan? Yeah, it's that's it for it you. That's why I don't want to try. You stuff go, like uh, that, hey man, I tried to jump a car one time, and then that's the one story. time at band camp. Yeah, <laughs> one time I jumped a car. Did it work? That's why I'm talking to you through this TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I oh mean, my the, goodness. The so, next day, right. yeah, he's so at the restaurant. This scene is, look, man, there's a lot of stuff about 1990, okay, that show, you know, like, for example, in this film, the mu- the music of 1990, it could have gone in either way, but this movie chooses to lean way into the 1983 music. It's almost so, like a mashup yeah. of Blade Runner and something you don't like. Mixed yeah, it's just... I want to be, like, it's almost like um, Asian fusion food. You know how you're tired of it? That's how I felt about the music by the end of this film. Yeah, the theme song was not the strongest. It was was not into it and could have used some more, any other music. Mm-hmm. But And it was true because when I was watching this movie the whole time, like, okay, look at this movie from 1987. But now it's 1991. Like, this is, this is when the 80s 19, was still... Is it 1990 or 91? I believe it's 91. Wow, it's not. It's hard to tell the difference because those two years were so different, brother. I gotta let you know. <laughs> did, did that just fuck up all your research you did on no. 1990? <laughs> just no, no, I just switched it up. <laughs> hey, Cabaret jeans hot... were still popular in 1991. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I, I grew up in a town with at, at this point in my life in 1991, I was 15 years old living in a town with 6,000 people and one video store. and. Nice. I was only 15 years old when this movie came out and it got rated R in Australia, thanks to the finger. <laughs> and so it was rated R, which, and my dad was the local cop. So the lo- likelihood of me pulling off the uh, switcheroo at the video store was not going to happen. I mean, back in the old days when we had a, we had a video store that wasn't as, wasn't as fancy as the new one we got, where you used to be able to, t- they used to have the, the tapes in the, in the uh, videos on the shelf. So you'd switch them out. You want to get the porno, you put the porno inside inside <laughs> Snow White and you'd go and record it. That, that was how you get out of there with the R-rated movie. Well, that changed. So it was hard. I had to watch this with my dad when I first watched this. That's how, that's how I had to do this. Wow, what an awkward film to watch with you. I mean, this is 79 minutes of pure <laughs> violence. Barely pity. clocks in at that. Meth, I mean, it's definitely like meth. They just describe meth and they smoke meth right on the screen. 
and murder and titties. I love it. I mean, it is murder and titties. Exactly. As so much least... stuff going on in 1991. They were still making fun of sushi. And I think it's funny that we still make fun. People still make fun of sushi now. That cracks me up. Like, you know, what's a futon? I still hear that question in 2021. So not a lot has changed except for maybe the violence and the steroids. Yeah. I don't think our action heroes are as jacked as Dolph Lundgren. Nobody could be as jacked as Dolph Lundgren. Really? They came and they tried. But we talked about this on a previous podcast between us. We're like the action boys. But Schwarzenegger and Stallone kind of the top of the food chain. And then you had the secondaries, which was John Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, and um, who Chuck else came Norris. on the scene? Well, Chuck Norris was kind of in his own. You know, he was still dope in the city. He actually fought against Bruce Lee. So he gets a pass. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's on his own turf. Yeah, there were the, 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 the second tier guys. I'm looking at you, Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, I'm Michael, looking at the, the American, American Ninja. Ninja oh my goodness! What was the what was the a dangerous weapon? Who was the? Oh, that was um. Oh my God! The perfect weapon. That was yeah. The perfect weapon. Oh, fuck that. You're going to ruin my day now. That's going to be in my head for the rest of the day trying to figure out who I the worked fuck at a movie. Okay, so I worked at a video store. I actually worked at a blockbuster. You guys and are so lucky. all man. these movies, okay, we would put them on, you know, right at 3 o'clock when the kids got out of school. It would always be whatever movie. I think when the titties popping out of the cake with the Steven Seagal movie. And then, of course, this movie with the amazing Tia Career Body Double. And because that's what you're into in middle school. This movie applies to everything that white single dudes are into in middle school like if you're, oh my god this movie was the shit i found this in robocop on like one tape i was like the man so good jeff jeff speakman jeff speakman <laughs> was the perfect weapon there we go we figured it out <laughs> He looked, right, so let's he, get looked like, he looked like tom scarrett went to the gym that's all that guy looked like <laughs> that's why he was the perfect weapon you never saw it coming. He looked like a chihuahua, but he ate like a pit bull. He didn't care. Nice. I mean, uh, incredible fashion in this film. It's 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 such a good time capsule, honestly. And it's it really you know, thirty the, years. The eighties was trying to die, but they're trying oh. to keep it alive. But you know, luckily we had better action films to come. But I still, uh, I do enjoy this wait, film. Before we go on though, Dolph Lundgren. Okay, the man does speak like three languages, four languages, right? He's yeah, he's like a genius, right? He's a professor. He's so, like a genius in many of And yet in America, he's got to be the meathead to make it. He's made it purely on his looks. And, it, you know, I will crush him. Like, that's it. It's not even about how good he will. You know what I mean? It's always, isn't that hilarious? That like yeah, of all the people he, that are out there, he's probably the smartest. I mean, he's got, he, a, he's got a PhD. I think he realized where he fits. Yeah, I mean, he knew exactly. That's what makes him so smart. He knew how he's going to sell himself in America. And God damn it, he did he it. He made it, dude. And he you know what? It. I mean, he did it. Creed Two was not a good movie, but I would say he was the best part. And I would love to see him in more dramatic work. Uh, Aquaman? But... He was Aquaman's, right? He was an was Aquaman. Was he an Aquaman? Yeah. He was Aquaman? He's, he's an Aquaman. That was his big comeback of the past few years. Also, I you it was... forgot to mention Masters of the Universe. Come you on. know, I still to this day, I've only seen the first 20 minutes of that movie. But oh, that was, that's all you need. That's all you well, need. Yeah, once that's they go to Earth, they lost me. I was so into it when it's the actual He Man universe. But, but he's the, the only He Man that's been on film, is my point. Oh, all, good you know for what it. I mean? He's he, the only who one. else would it be? He was perfect. He is. I can't think of anybody nowadays that could be He Man. Dan Green could be He Man. <laughs> No, Jason man, Momoa. No. no, you're you're Ram Man. Do you, I was, you, I was always more man. of a man at arms guy. Yeah, that's, 
Oh, you gotta get that mustache back, though. Yeah, I can't grow a mustache. It's that's a problem. I gotta get a makeup for that. I can't. That's grow not it. too late. Well, if it's makeup, then it's called a mustache. So. <laughs> Dude, I, I tried to I tried to grow a, be- a beard for a bet. You know, when I worked out in Iraq, I spent six months without shaving, and I looked like a confused Berenstein bear. I looked like the fourteen-year-old Berenstein bear kid. I just had this <laughs> fluffy piece of shit that just looked so fucking embarrassing. And and the SF guys looking at me going. Just shave that shit off. As he said, <laughs> the locals are just looking at you, like mocking you at this point. This isn't working. Uh, I've had we go on so many tangents, and we've only talked about the first scene of the movie. <laughs> We're not even, well, there's not a lot to this movie. 79 there's, minutes, five minutes is credit. So there's going to be a lot of other talk a, today. A lot of other talk, which I'm okay with. Honestly, our podcast might be as long as the film. Like it may oh, even be longer. We don't even. That's know. a distinct possibility today. That's really. I'm okay with that. I like the longer the better. But because even like the second scene, he's at the he's getting breakfast. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being racist, but the same yakuza guys <laughs> show up at that diner and go up to the front desk and are just like, "Look, bitch, we're gonna like protect you if not, but we want a percentage." And she goes, "I can't help you." And then they try and threaten her. And then Dolph Lundgren goes up to them. And that's why I'm so confused. Like, these are the same guys, right? And they don't recognize Dolph Lundgren from last night going up to them, being like, guys, you better knock that shit off. And we get our- Two things here, Kevin. One, all white guys look alike to them. (laughs) That's true. So it's (laughs) it's the same. Okay. So you can't blame them. But it's Dolph Lundgren. He's six, five. But in this movie, he's just a normal guy. He's just supposed to be a normal guy who kicks a lot of ass. And second off, I had a question because she said she already pays protection to another guy. Why don't you go tell that guy that you pay protection to somebody new is coming up to fuck with you? Like, isn't that the point of, like, it just goes right beyond that? Like, her money is just thrown away. It's almost like when you get insurance on your cell phone and then you go to use the insurance and they go, no, you just need to upgrade. And you're like, no, I want to get what I paid for. They're like, that money's gone, sir. <laughs> and I could, it's gone. I, I, I tell you what's funny. I, I, I worked I worked security for James Hong for a week in 2019 uh-huh. and yeah. ran, around, ran around Chinatown with him. Now, that whole statement makes no fucking sense that he would need a non-Chinese speaking security guard for a week. But I got roped into that anyway. And I guarantee you, every goddamn Chinese restaurant we walked into, and we ate some amazing places. I The best gig I've ever had. Nice. Just hanging out with him all day because I got to get... It was like, what do you want to... Pick something off the menu, Dan. I'm like, James, I think you should order in a Chinese restaurant where I can't fucking read Chinese. I reckon you <laughs> should probably be the man of this. But every time I walked in, everybody looked at me. <laughs> I saw... You're like a supermodel in Japan. I was a walking set of dog's balls in that joint. (laughs) And yeah, that's why I can't figure out this whole fucking movie because both these guys stick out like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, just walking around. Yeah, because we got to get to our co star who shows up. The restaurant slow motion fight scene. Oh, yeah. Which is great because you know what I will say? His punches are regular speed. Like that's how fast you would hit somebody. But the fact that he can go, whammo let me turn and set my feet here whammo like that makes it hilarious but these guys they proved in the scene beforehand that they are not afraid to blast innocent civilians not and whoever gets in their way to make their point and yet when this one dude starts messing them up they don't even pull their guns out and start blazing not until not until it's too late not until it's too late (laughs) But we do get the intro to oh. our co-star, R.I.P. 
Brandon Lee. So sad, who tragically passed away on the set of The Crow, which, because I did love The Crow growing up. I still like that movie. It's like the perfect time capsule of like the 90s and goth music and mm-hmm. The Cure. And as sad as it is, you know, his history, gotta say, was not the greatest actor. And it's too bad, you know, he kicks ass. He's a great martial artist, but just some of his lines, they were killing me. I th- I think he got worse. Yeah. I think he was a better actor previously because I did a bit of digging last night when down the Brandon Lee rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, and there was a movie that he did a couple of years earlier called Legacy of Rage, oh, which yes. I watched a lot of last night, and that is way better than this fucking movie. I'll tell you that oh, much right really now. Better. It's shot this... better. It's acted better. It's all dubbed. Which, oh, I'm like, really... even Brandon Lee is dubbed, which <laughs> I don't know how that and was. And he was still a bad actor. He's still a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing the voice actor thing, and they're like, all right, who's 10th best? You get to be Brandon Lee. <laughs> and it's because even when you watch The Crow, I still, it's a good movie. It's just, and he's great when he's just like standing there, really intimidating and fighting. But some of his line delivery is just what, well, it's just cheesy. And God rest his soul, especially even we were talking about CTA, that guy who accidentally shot Brandon Lee with the prop gun. Even fun boy. He went crazy. Yeah, fun boy. Dude, all up. right, I got a story about fun boy real quick. Yeah, you okay? met the actor, right? They are both. They are both gone. Crazy. Right? And yeah. he accidentally, what happened was, for those who don't know, during the set of The Crow, he shot, and uh, what happened was, it was an empty cartridge, and the cartridge is what shot through as a bullet. It wasn't an actual bullet. It was like the cart, but that was strong enough to obviously provide the fatal wound. So this right. dude, that was one of his very first movies, and he went oh, into a so deep sad. depression after that. So I... Uh, <clears throat> Here we go. All right. So I'm hanging out with some friends. We're playing golf at the Weddington Golf Course in Studio City, California. Woohoo. And as you go along the first few holes there, there's parking along the street and there's just a fence separating the golf course from the. So you can see the cars. They can see you. You know, there's a net so you don't slice into the road. And uh, as we're walking up, my buddy hits over to the fence and we're walking over. And there's a dude sitting on his car, smoking a cigarette, wearing a suit, kind of pacing around, talking to himself. And my buddy, who is an amazing celebrity hound, just yells out, fun boy, right? Like at the top of his lungs, fun boy. And this guy's whole demeanor changed. Ah, And then we went over by the fence and we kind of talked to him for a minute as he was getting ready for an audition. And, uh, but my buddy just kept on, you're fun boy, right? And he's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, man. Yeah. He goes like, you know, I've been, I've been in, I've been in a hundred movies, but that's the one. All right. Yeah. But that's the one you remember me for. Okay. And dude, he just had like a, like a, like a, just a sadness to him. It was terrible. And I, I that was the moment that I realized you should not talk to celebrities. Yeah. You should not Google their life story and then think, you know, shit about somebody and then go talk to them. Cause I lived and worked in studio city for many years. I had a lot of a listers on, on payroll, so to speak. And you don't just go up to them and act like you, you don't fucking do that. And I don't even care what level you're at. Sure, you've done some shows and you've been on TV and stuff, but dude, you can't just run. fun boy. Remember when you murdered that guy? That sucked. If what you are, are you trying out? You're going for an audition, huh? What's it for? Yeah, you should not a, talk to. Is it a reality show called "I Murdered My Best Friend"? All right, <laughs> but if, I, if you do, maybe don't reference. Just like call them by their character name, but dude, <laughs> my, my question with this whole with the, back to the restaurant scene. My whole question with that whole thing is, at no point 
does any of the two officers of the law look at the poor lady's shop they've just destroyed and just gone, yeah, well, no one seems to be that worried. Even the lady whose shop got destroyed is more worried about how Dolph Lundgren is at that point. She's like, are you okay? No, I've just lost everything I've owned. Yeah, not even a moment. It's like, sorry, lady. Yeah, she did sexually harass him earlier in the scene. So maybe there's a different kind of payback. I mean, they destroyed all those plates and then i love the accuser goes fuck it and starts firing machine guns at both of them and they go have, they both had so much time to go oh no and to like walk behind a table as they're rapidly firing a thousand and, bullets and then it shows them the holes are four inches across in the table like <laughs> Dolph Lundgren throws the table up and, and the holes are four inches across and i'm like they couldn't go four inches through the table okay we, we suspend disbelief when we watch films but to show it like to show, we're going to show how badass these guys' guns are, you know? And, and then you, you find out everybody had a gun. But wait, we're forgetting it. This is Brandon Lee's entrance. Dolph Lundgren starts kicking ass, and Brandon Lee walks in like he's picking up some Grubhub food for somebody. Well, he, right? sees, like, like, yeah, he sees a he guy get like thrown a the guy. Linda? I'm here for Linda. <laughs> oh, shit. And then they both oh, go shit. back and forth and start fighting each other. They do some really weird moves. Oh, dude, he and kicks then, the knife out of his hand. Oh. It's it's like a ballet move at first when he spins Brandon around. He goes, whoa! And then he does like a backflip just to kick him in the face. And then they back up. The Yakuza starts shooting. And at no point do either of them look at each other at first. But then finally they both go, stop, I'm with the FBI. Uh, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I, do th- I do think this was the original inspiration for Antoine Fuqua's breakfast scene in Training Day. I think this is where right. he drew that from. Was Probably. was the the chemistry between Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee? I think he was like Denzel and Ethan Hawke. See what you can harness, and see, see if you, you can make here. it the same. I guess, yeah. except that movie more capitalized on how they are sociopaths, and this one it makes it like <laughs> just they're it's just regular cops doing their shit. You know, I don't really. Well, no, they do have that like up. four lines of dialogue about I can't keep a partner, I can't either. Ha ha ha! I and then they move on. Like, I'm twelve for this shit. Yeah, that's exactly right, dude. There's so many buddy cops. I mean, Lethal Weapon, you know, but also the Asian, you know, Black Black, uh, Black Rain came out the year right. before this movie did. Rising Sun would be a few years after this movie. So there was always the buddy cop Asian <laughs> aspect. And let's not forget, in 1990, not a lot of people had full sleeve tattoos. It right. was reserved for like Yakuza and the Russian Mafia and Social Distortion. Yeah, and... And that's what I going back to like buddy comedies. I mean, usually it's like the wild card and then the straight laced one. And that's typically how they work, or unless they're both kind of lovable losers or whatever. But in this one, they're both kind of just like the wild card with a set of vengeance. I mean, I guess, I mean, Brandon was a little more reserved. He was trying to be the straight laced one, but they're both still kind of, I don't know. It was a weird dynamic. That Dude, it was weird. Said, Every he, he try and be he, he try and be straight laced, and then they throw him a one liner every like twelve lines of dialogue, and you're like, Ooh. "Well, are you meant to be serious, or are you just this fucking jerk off who's over here making jokes?" Yeah, because I know Warner Brothers was not happy with the product. It was actually a whole hour and a half, but they chomped a mm-hmm. lot of it out, and I think they had to do some reshoots to make it funny, which 
was weird. <laughs> it was going to be just a straight action film, but then, and mm. I think to its benefit, they made it goofier because I did really enjoy this film, especially. There's a couple of times when I did laugh out loud at some of the jokes. I admit it. I was like, oh my gosh, that was unexpected because you, you thought that they forgot about the jokes and they went, because when they went for action, the action was very straightforward, violent action. It wasn't like comical action. It was all, you know, like very serious. Right. <laughs> Especially, and we got to talk about, I mean, our enemy of the film from Mortal Kombat. Oh. We're introduced to him at a party Thanks scene. Song. And this fucking guy. Oh, can we weird... just talk about the party scene, though? Here we go. Cassandra. Okay. Typical 80s film. party scene. This okay. chick literally holds up the, the crack pipe. and But it's not crack they're smoking. Oh, no, 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 it's meth. They make it very clear in this As we movie. Should. Very, very clear that this is meth. And she is hitting the meth, getting crazy. And like right out in public, right at a party. And I thought that was the most realistic part of this film. Because if you've ever been to one of those parties, people will pull out and do crazy stuff that you're not a part of. <laughs> and then you're just supposed to roll with it like, hey, whatever. Dude, I, I went to a Halloween party dressed as a kangaroo in Houston. And somebody yeah. was doing lines of coke off my tail in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the dance floor. That oh, sounds yeah. like a good time. Nice. Yeah. Wait, never, is that, is that code done. for your dick, Dan? Or were they doing? Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, it was it was my tail. I wish it was my dick, but it was my tail. That's so unfortunate. Maybe next time. Uh, you know what? For this movie, though, if you play uh, smoke along every time that they show meth and mention meth, and you take a hit, you'll be up for a week. <laughs> Especially if you're hitting crap. I'm not. But... I'm not 100 sure the person who wrote this knows how much meth is worth. Because there's a scene later in the movie where it's on a conveyor belt, and I'm like, that is a zillion dollars worth of meth you've got there. Not like millions, fucking billions. And you're like, damn, that's a lot, of, that's a pretty big operation. Okay. I mean, yeah, it does. It reminded me of the um, I Love Lucy scene with the conveyor belt and the chocolates. I was imagining <laughs> the guys picking, ah, just eating it. Especially that gang of guys that is like trying to buy the meth. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, these. These guys, these like oh, okay, okay. <laughs> smoking, gonna... smoking it in public. They have the giant bowl of meth when he brings the girl in, and we get to our first what is it? It's a rock and roll porno meth murder scene. Is I think you missed the rape. Was it pretty rape from the, the yeah, unconsensual was... sex? Let's not yeah, forget it the was very rapey. I mean, so she goes Terrible. in. And it's really too bad. What an unfortunate fetish to have for a crime boss. Like, I really love filming myself committing crimes. Like, I hope no one finds Multiple out crimes. all these tapes that I have. It's, uh, not, it's not the smartest porn, thing you should do as a crime <laughs> the, boss. The porno, yeah. How would, you be if how would you be if it's your first day on the job and that's what you have to run into as a henchman? Like, you're the work experience kid. And you're like, okay, just tag along. You'll you'll be you'll figure it out and first day in right. your boss is right. basically molesting a chick in front of you and lobbing her yeah. head off with a sword. Yeah. He, yeah, like your craft services, you're the one that has to fill the bowl with meth <laughs> and make sure the sword is sharp and you're like getting the room ready. Okay. Yeah. Also, it's I want to talk about the for some reason when they show a close-up of the camera, it shows the ring made in Japan very, very prominent on the camera. And it <laughs> keeps cutting to that camera in between all this disgusting stuff going on on screen what are they trying to say here i can't tell if this is a pro-asian or anti-asian movie 
Yeah, I really, they had so many elements, especially like, oh, I've dishonored you. And so many like suicide almost, oh. like cutting fingers off. That that happens so many times. I mean, that dude, which I don't even know if it's possible, broke his own neck. Like, I don't, is that is that possible? That was you hilarious. Guys- that, you know what? That felt like the best of the 80s movies, though. Like a dude so loyal that he would just bow down in jail with no weapons and perform the ritual and then kill himself. Dude, that's like, you and know, they, every they, 80s movie was missing that. They needed they, that in Die Hard. And I love they were interrogating him. He breaks his own neck. And then the other officer comes in. He's like, ah, really, guys? And he just kind of shrugs it <laughs> off. <laughs> Another one? Ah, God damn it. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Dolph Lundgren is like notorious B.I.G. in this movie. He is murdering and crushing so much pussy and kicking the shit out of everybody. Like, dude, he is living... The testosterone dream. He okay. really was like, what was it? That one guy, they're like, I've got bowls of steel. Like Duke Nukem. He really is like a Duke life. Nukem, yeah. <laughs> He's still oh. good, but Oh, my goodness. Okay. We get to the, so, they go into the, the flash- club. Oh, I thought you were about? getting to the, I thought you were going to the flashback. Oh, we, we find out Dolph Lundgren's parents were both brutally murdered <laughs> right in front of Via them. Via sword via sword and he walks in on both of them he's like oh man and we keep cutting to this flashback and we don't see the full thing we keep showing little snippets and i love the final reveal not only is it the lead bad guy because he sees his chest but then what does he do he tries to kill little dolph lundgren but little dolph lundgren had a sword well that's like splinter that's that's taken from splinter of ninja turtles where he scars (laughs) the guy's face that tries to kill him and then he runs into him later. Well, you know. but like, but no, little Dolph had a sword too, right? Yeah. Isn't that the, like, Dolph, what yeah. the fuck? Like he sees his kids. <laughs> like, why didn't you stop your parents from getting murdered if you had a weapon, dumbass? Right. Like you're. But I you know, know what? That's his old. Batman moment. Okay, murdered parents. He and says he no to revenge. He's choosing to live as a dude. He just kicks so much ass because his parents were murdered. Works out a lot. I want to say there's steroids involved. Most definitely. Um, but I don't know how many kinds. <laughs> how, how the fuck does little Dolph get away? That's my question. They never they never unveil that. He just hits him in the face with a sword. He looks at him and goes, ow, that stung. And then apparently that fight's over. And little and Dolph he is- he goes, you know what? I'm a bit of a guy who likes to rape and cut people's heads off. But you know what? Today I'm going to give you a pass, little kid. Yeah, I don't understand. Like they don't—they keep cutting to this flashback, and the more they cut to it, the less it makes sense. You would Ooh, think exactly. the more they, the exactly. more they explain it. Every like, time they show you more of that, you're like, "What the fuck?" Wait, no, this scene does not at all. That usually the it's the yeah, it's not. It's supposed to make more, but uh, we, do, we do find out because they go so, to that. But, they go to that club, and oh. I, I, you see the naked women with the sushi, and they're eating it off. Of the women. Sushi off naked women. That's what I'm saying. And people, that was 30 years ago. People were questioning, oh, sushi? You know, we call that bait down here in Alabama. But (laughs) they still make that joke. Like, it's still a thing. It's hilarious. Remember that show, Entourage? I do remember that show. I hate hate to admit that I did watch it. Oh, you look like you were on it. I thought you were. That's why I'm on this show. I I do. I I was too young. That's why I'm on this show. I auditioned for Vincent. (laughs) Vinny Chase. Or There's a scene where he goes, um, I don't go to the valley during the summertime. And even then, only Sushi Row. And I was like, oh, <laughs> even Sushi, you're still getting a bad rap. The valley. Well, we, because that was with a one-liner. We find out Brandon Lee's like, I don't even like sushi. And then he sees the naked uh, one with sushi. Like, you know what? 
I might have changed my mind. Woo! <laughs> like a little one liner, just like. I tell you what. No, I tell you what. No, no, what nobody likes in that scene is the goddamn sumo strippers on stage boxing. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? I've seen some, I've seen some wild shit over the years in all in all my nightclub days, but I've never, ever seen that shit. I was like, huh? All right, that's kind of, that's oddly homoerotic and weird at the same time. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. And such a There's weird a gig for because Tia Career is in this film. Cassandra mm -hmm. was she was singing. Uh, and Cassandra, poor, you called her by her Wayne's World name. I'm gonna call her out the whole time. That's what uh, that's all I know her. So obviously she could sing for real, and she does look good. It's not her that's nude in this movie, though. Don't get your hopes up, kids. It's a body double. But she it obviously, you know, had to sing to get into movies. And dude, she starts off, she's singing slow hand. Made popular by Conway Twitty and the Pointer Sisters, bro. That song reaches across all the aisles. That's why she's singing it. Mate, I'll it was, be re I'll be referring to her by her full name for the rest of this podcast as my wank bank for the entire 1990s. <laughs> wank bank. Wait, so. not her sister, who was the hooker who gets murdered in Very Bad Things. Which was Asia Carrera. Wow. Uh, no, no. But, but that was, that, see, see. There was too much of her out there, mate. The, yeah. the, the Tia was, I had to work a little bit more for her. I had to go find that at the video store. Asia was everywhere. <laughs> it's too bad, yeah, because she had that Wayne's World thing. She's in True Lies. And then last, I remember I was on a plane to Hawaii when I was a kid and she was doing the, the in-flight video. And that was the last time I saw her. But I think, I think she's graduated to evil bitch in movies now. She's like the hench bitch. In yeah, not, that she does. She was kind of a '90s queen, and Tia, we miss you, and you can come back. You were you you have all Wayne's of our, World Three. <laughs> please, I mean, I don't know. I think it might be too late for that one. But drug dealer's mum—that's what she's going to be cast as for the rest of the, her life now. Damn. All right, and they go backstage. We get another fight scene because they get found out. Because which, by the way, they just like. They knocked on the door and it's not even like a password, like open the little slide <laughs> thing. He just opens it up. It's like, hey guys, how's it going? You guys can come in, but he still beats the shit out of it. It's like, that's not good enough. You can't just let me into this fucking club. I gotta make him myself. My, my buddy did that to a SWAT team back in 2005 and let an entire SWAT team in the back door of the club I was working at, which was really fucking annoying because when they flipped the lights on, there was a guy with a machine gun standing pointed right at my forehead. And I was like, oh fuck. I really he, hate it when that happens. He was he was gonna try and make ex his excuse was I thought it was someone I could charge extra money on the back door to let in. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what this guy was thinking. In that dirty, shitty back alley full of rats, there was gonna oh, be a dude, couple of hotties had, in the back. No, dude, that's the epitome of you had one job. <laughs> he just opens the door. You're right a door up. man. Don't open the fucking door, man. <laughs> Well, that's why it's so easy. But we did have a hallway of gangbangers like, hey, wait a minute. You got knock it off. And then we see Brandon's fighting skills. And Dolph oh, was not yeah. impressed, even though he kicks all their ass. Like, you know, if you would have trained younger, you would have probably had a better form. Well, that's just part of the forced dialogue, lethal weapon wannabe portion of this film. And they got yeah. to cram it in there, right? There's a lot to Did we get to the stereotype gangbanger summit yet? Is that next? That's after the club scene, right? That's not okay. the gangbangers that try to buy the meth. Yeah, yes, doing all the different yeah, ones next. show up at the house. All right, that's next scene. So we're still at the club. He whoops everybody out, goes in the door. And then he's going. Eventually, because they all have guns pointed at them. 
and they go back and he finds out, oh shit, you're the guy that killed my parents. And then he, the stereotype, like the cliche, like points the gun at lead boss, but then he got 20 guns pointed at you. Brandon pulls out his badge, like, I'm a cop. It's bad to kill me. <laughs> and they're not impressed, which I don't understand this scene because like, okay, we got all these gangbangers and you got two cops and that's their only way out of it. But I feel like they still would have probably gotten murdered. Like I said, you know, Dan, you, you know, what we call that in the business poor writing. <laughs> I think, I think another flashback could have been used more appropriately in this situation, just to tie it all together. Yeah. Because he what kept about no flat. We got no flashbacks from Brandon Lee though. Not one. Yeah, we don't am, understand his uh, backstory at all. I am disappointed there are no training montages of any kind in this movie. Um, wasn't there one? I think there was an opportunity missed. Uh, well, I don't know. Was there? There was. Wasn't there like near the end when they almost get killed, and then Dolph's like, "I gotta go save my girl again." And doesn't he like? Oh no, up? that's that's, uh, that's when he's oh. dressing up in the hell in, in his Japanese yeah. Halloween oh, costume. He just kind of yes. dresses up. Okay, the full that's, yeah, that's, shit. That's, that's more, more of a, a fashion montage. That's, that's more, more of a, a commando <laughs> scene. Remember Commando when Schwarzenegger's Love getting ready to go kick ass, and the, like five knives and the grenades, and like it's one of those scenes, like the prep, <laughs> as opposed to the training montage. Maybe like, we... this guy's got a fucking he puts a lot into his vest. Yeah, yeah, I really because what happened? They get away, right? And then oh, what was the next scene? I mean the next scene I think is the uh he goes to I think the next scene is they stake uh, out the house. No, the next scene I think is when he picks up Tia at the club and brings her back to his place. The... Well, Cassandra gets kidnapped, right? Yes. And yeah, yeah picks and her with up. The, with, the, with the worst foreplay you've ever seen. <laughs> he picks her up, takes her back. He's like, oh, by the way, I killed your BFF. Here's the video. Here's I'm the video. Play, I'm gonna play it on repeat the rest of let, the night. Just let's to get in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> and right, this so, guy is gonna get kicked off a of Pornhub. He, that stuff does not meet their <laughs> standards, bro. He's <laughs> like, look at me murdering people. I'm gonna send this out all across Little Tokyo. Hope I don't get caught. <laughs> but and then so such a weird they're staking out the place brandon and dolph and they yeah. see like all these dudes with machine guns and they see cassandra and she's about to kill herself and so like they're staking out the place like hold on and then he goes in breaks in, kills all these dudes and i would say he kind of blows his cover a little bit like you're staking out this place your lead dude isn't there I'm like, fuck it, let's just kill a bunch of dudes. Like, you could have just broken in. Like, as in the point of the stakeout to stake it out for a while. I don't... Her, her concentration is amazing, by the way, because he's run around the house with a 50 cal Desert Eagle, which sounds like someone letting off an anti-aircraft gun <laughs> next to you. And she and she doesn't crack or, or move the whole time. She is locked in on that knife. And he is just wham, 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 hitting people left, right, and center which all over it, the place. I and thought about gonna... that, dude. Like with all those murders that day, what's one more? Like, what do you really? You think those nine? They even talk about, oh, I killed nine men. Like you, if, plus they're staking the place out. He just went in by himself and wiped them all out. Like, dude, that's terrible. And I don't. That's terrible. Get, I We're don't gonna get understand. back to that later because the man responsible for that later has the finger scene. Yeah, he does. But I mean, going back, to like, so she's about to kill herself, and like, I have to save her. Like, why? Like what? Like if he sees if he her, maybe like. Delayed. Well, that's true, but I feel like it'd make more sense if she was like getting her ass kicked or something. Something bad was happening. Like, oh, now wait, I wait, have wait, to wait. go and save something her. Something bad happened to her the night before with what with Shang Tsung. 
Shang Tsung. That's why she wants to kill herself because she's been violated. Well, that's true. But I just feel so like something bad already happened. Shang Which Tsung, is true. He, he I, I just don't Johnny Cage and you know. He was trying to get laid. They blew their entire cover just to say, just so he can get laid again, because he can't anywhere else in Little Tokyo. Dolph Lundgren, but and so he saves her, kills all these dudes, and obviously, what you do, like, oh shit, I gotta flip this car over. I gotta. <laughs> this is the only way I can escape. I gotta use this Bare as a hands, shield. Incredible. That is well, basically, that's the opening of the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk, if you remember. When he gets angry, he turns into the Hulk and flips the car over. But Dolph Lundgren don't got to turn green to do it. He just got to get a little angry. So he flips the car over. And instead of just stepping around the car and firing their MAC-10s at him at a much more, probably I would say, successful rate, they fire directly into the car. And of course, when Dolph's driving away, just that one shot with his pistol explodes the whole thing. And you get to see Dolph Lundgren's arms are as big as my waist in that scene. <laughs> he jump first off, he jumps in one of the gangsters old-timey cars and he drives, which reminds me of the movie Summer School when the dude drives with one hand and he goes, "Got to keep the other hand free for the babes." And like that's cuz he's but but not a babe, but it's a it's a it's the Desert Eagles he's throwing backward. And we had one shot out the door. I, I couldn't even handle that driveway with two hands. That's what I'm saying. This guy's impressive. I, I, I've, I've fired that gun before, and I can tell you right now, it took both of my hands and my forearms to muscle that bastard. And the fact, the fact, the fact that I'm, I have no doubt. I know he's firing blanks in the movie if he's firing anything at all, but I know for a fact that he could pull that off. That guy's got arms like cannons, man. No, he's he's yeah. wild. He Dolph, good for you, man. Like he. It's making that little comeback too. Well, I hope so. But I just love so we've established that she wants to kill herself, and then they leave her at home. It's like, look, I know you. I know you're suicidal. Here's my assault rifle, just like in case anyone breaks in. Here's a bunch of weapons. Don't kill yourself, please. Don't kill yourself. Kill others, which is a good moral (laughs) of the story. Don't kill yourself. Kill others. Um. Also, he that's kind of the Bill Burr bit about the shotgun. When he tells her, he hands it to her and he goes, just point this at any of your problems, pull the trigger and they'll go away. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly, dude, that's the essence. That's but you're right. If you were feeling suicidal, do not stay at home with a shotgun. Please call and get some help. Okay. Yes. We're comedians. We all understand depression, even though we joke about it. Yeah. Get some help. Jesus Christ. When, also, when don't my- watch this movie. If you're suicidal, yeah. you just feel when I, when I bought when I bought my first shotgun for home defense, my dad told me he said, "Son, nothing good gets done with a shotgun." And I'm like, "Shit, you're right. That's exactly right. Everybody gets to go home in a body bag and under that thing." We do need yeah. we need more moments like that in our lives to Messy. show that yeah. that guns aren't that great. Cautionary oh. tale from cautionary tale from my dad. Don't don't buy the shotgun, son. You don't really need it. But well, because Cassandra, that's some good fatherly advice, though. That's some good fatherly advice. That's good. And we do get, I mean, she comes home with them, and oh god, when Dolph's in that hot tub. No, no, I think we missed something here first. I'm sorry, probably. Wait, wait, we're talking now. We're at the stereotypical gang summit. Oh, when the the drug deal that goes awry, the drug deal that I gotta talk about it because it's hilarious to me in every way. So they're, sitting, they're staking out the they're staking out what's the uh, we'll call it the compound, right? Okay, 
The, you the call it a stakeout. They're parked parked in the next parking spot. That's okay. Hardly you a can out. see them, right? So they're they're right. They're parked in the uh, non-validated parking area. Basically, is what they they would walk in there and be like, "Do you guys validate?" And with a shotgun, and then three bikers, a limousine, and then all of a sudden some low-rider cholo cars, and then what? I guess we just have. I mean, they're saying that those are black cars. You know, the, the last ones that come in. So then that's who shows up. It's bikers, it's Bloods, it's Crips, it's the Cholos in a very stereotypical fashion. None of them look like they've ever done math. None of <laughs> them look it. like they live in poverty. These are not, these are actors. They are not real gangbangers. Not at all. And, and... then, because <laughs> for every great movie, we've talked about this. For if, even if it's a bad movie, you got to have a good actor play the villain. Okay, that's the key. And Harry Hiroyuki, what is it? Hiroyuki Tagawa. Tagawa, yeah. He kills it. Okay, he's Shang Tsung. He kills it. He pulls out the sword. One of the bikers talks some shit to him while smoking indoors. Takes it as disrespect. He comes over and has an Obi Wan moment where he slices the dude's arm off. But then it quickly turns into a lethal weapon, Mr. Joshua moment, where he looks at the arm on the ground and looks back at everybody and says, "You wish to do business with us, yes." And everybody's like, yes, goddammit, yes. And I was Which, like, lethal weapon. Because so confusing. Usually, if it's going to be something that severe, like cutting a dude's fucking arm off, and he's like, okay, I'll do business for you. Like, no, that's like, that's more of a break a dude's arm or do something or even kill one of the dudes and then look to someone else. But right. cutting some dude's arm off and then him just being like, okay, Jesus, like, sorry. Like, no, that's a little. Sorry, God. It doesn't work that way. It's. Oh, I love the. What, I love the world before DNA. This is awesome. You'd be like, you know what? But, fuck it. But, who cares? <laughs> but that is more damaging to a biker because he can't even ride his bike with <laughs> one arm. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he understands the disrespect to the. You know what I mean? Like, but, like he rode in on ape hangers. He's got to leave on a moped. Like, dude, that's oh, you're down a couple notches in the biker world now. Yeah, I don't really. Got to drive a car like that bitch named CT Adams. <laughs> look at us look at us car drivers man look at us uber takers so so from there uber drivers. don't we don't we end up in the bathhouse next we um yeah because they're staking out the place we get our bathhouse wait, wait, oh, wait. then we have the um flip a car and then we got then we have the lose a finger scene right before the bathhouse scene well yeah we have another scene oh, where the dude more, more choppage yeah, we do. Dude, it's a where the guy of... apologizes for them coming to the house and taking the girl back. He says, "Sorry, dude. He I'll says, do. I'll I'm do very it. sorry." <laughs> and he pulls it out, boop, 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 and we get the and he goes and he cuts his finger off, like, "Oh fuck!" And he looks at the guy with the one. He goes, "I'm so sorry. Could you accept my apology?" And the guy's ice cold, like this. I don't forget. No, I do not accept it. And I was like. Damn! Still now. If I was the guy that just cut my pinky off, and this dude said he don't accept it, I think you know that you're about to be murdered, right? Yeah, I would murder. I would. I would murder the guy next to me, and so it was all his fucking fault. Exactly. See, that's Dan Green right there. That's his rule: always murder first. Okay, that's Dan (laughs) Green's number one. He taught me that in comedy. Number one rule: always murder first. Kill first, then later. Yep. Hit him back first. Definitely, goes, I've, I've definitely lived, goes, by, lived by that credo. Right. He goes, by the time they kill you, it's too late. And I'm like, you know what? I like what this guy's saying. Having having had my pinky removed, I can tell you it stinks. Oh, damn. 
Well, I got I, I got no I, I got no knife fight without a knife, and don't. And that's how you lose a finger. And uh, I had to grab the the guy who stabbed me twice. I had to grab the end of the knife while he was trying to stab me, and he cut my finger off um, while I grabbed it. So that sucked. But they put it back on. I'm sure that's on an a... elaborate story to cut off how you were unloyal to your Yokozuna boss one day. Yeah. You, you know what? You dishonored your culture, man. <laughs> you dishonored your culture, man. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. Mine was hanging by a thread. Okay? My pinky's hanging by a thread. And I had a pretty big stab wound in my arm. And when I got to the hospital, I didn't even notice that my finger was off. I was so concerned with my arm and another stab wound I had over here that the adrenaline, it didn't actually hurt that much. I mean, it, and I didn't notice when it happened because the adrenaline was pumping so hard. Now, had I been kneeling at a table with no adrenaline at all, then this might have stung a little bit. So big kudos to the guy who cut his own fucking finger off because that looked like it stung like a bitch. Uh, I'm sure he had some poppers left over from the club and just hit those up before he cut his own finger off. <laughs> See, one it thing like, I noticed. Let's do this honor thing. <laughs> also, you know, the guy in the movie that had to cut his own finger off, my question was, how did he still have 10 fingers? He was obviously an inept middle manager. He probably would have only had eight digits up to that point, right? I'm sorry. It's the, I won't fucking do it to you again. Are you, yeah. are you saying I should be watching out for a guy with six fingers? Is that what you're saying? No, the guy with six fingers is hard to go to the, I'm saying it's hard to go to the next job interview with nine fingers and explaining what happened at your last job. Which is Excuse, true. Do you want to tell me how you lost your last job and you just put up nine? No, no, I'm, listen, I'm cool. What <laughs> happened was these guys it's don't understand respect. It, it fell off. but Oh, my goodness. Lose a finger. How did this guy have ten fingers to start with? Also, I put a checklist up of the fights because at this point of the movie – it simply devolves into a group of fights. Fight, fight, fight. There's a bath fight, after the club fight. You know what I mean? Shootout. Compound fight, final fight, this fight. Dude, this movie checks all the boxes of the fights of every scene of how to set it up. Drive yeah. up, get out, and kick ass immediately. Dude, the bath fight. How no, how no one's fucking balls and ass get exposed in that fight? I have no idea. Oh, all the, the sauna fight scenes. So many fucking opportunities for people's nuts to fly out and everything is just taped in tight as a button. Yeah, <laughs> Such a weird Good place to find yeah, your no, main bad yeah, Vigo, Vigo Mortensen isn't getting a go in this one. I tell you, there's no hey, Eastern you know what? Promises. I will say that the Vigo Mortensen fight you were referencing, that is the best. It's the best fight ever. It's the best bath fight and the best knife fight that I've ever seen in Oh, definitely. Like, that yeah. is how you not get stabbed. The whole th the key to a knife fight is how to not get stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Ah, ah, ah. And then, Damn, yeah. Ah, my forearms are. That's what. God, that's why God gave you these elbows and knees. Damn, you Vigo can't hit really. With your own elbow. He really goes the extra mile. I was rewatching History of Violence. That dude is a bad yeah, motherfucker. Good, good, good oh, for and, him. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Special shout out to Carlito's way. Okay. Yeah. You gotta wonder oh, yeah. when they shot that Easter Promises scene, the director must have just said, "Listen, I'm gonna need your balls on camera for about yeah. ten fucking minutes. Yeah. Are you up for that?" And, it, and about thirteen seconds of your butthole, but I'll try not to make it. Some focus. <laughs> but trust me, dude, this is gonna be huge in Prague. They're gonna love this shit. Vigo, he does. He doesn't have a problem with full frontal. I rewatched he, Captain Fantastic. It's like, oh yeah. well. There's there's little Aragorn like good for oh, him. Oh, Return of the King. <laughs> oh yeah, Return of the King. There was a lot of full frontal from those hobbits, and I didn't. That was like the unrated. I'm not crazy. I don't recommend seeing a Hobbit dick, but 
I have a problem with those movies. Um, I have a deep hatred of Elijah Wood, and I read The Lord of the Rings twice, but I cannot watch any of the movies because of this fact. It is oh, a problem. I, I love those movies. I love The Fellowship. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And you were talking about how you hated Elijah Wood, which yes. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan, but, you know, not everyone has. You know, I don't know I why. I an interview with Elijah Wood recently where he said um, that when he had his 19th birthday – they were on the set of Lord of the Rings and he was done up in full makeup and he like walked out and looked out and it was 19th birthday and he knew what kind of life he was going to live based upon that day. You know what I mean? Like he knew. And I compared that to me because my 19th birthday I spent in Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> and I walked out of the club thinking like, like is this the life I'm going to live? Blah, please take me home. <laughs> I will say, yeah, they spent three <laughs> years of their lives making that movie. That's fucking that was their college. That really good for them. I would spend well, it in New Zealand. I don't know where else I would go. You on a what? tangent, on a tangent, then how how long do you think they spent to make this movie? Probably oh, uh, one hundred and eighteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I think they filmed it in real time. But in real time, <laughs> I really, I'm not probably not including those reshoots <laughs> to make it. Especially because we got to talk this about this. Looks like this is like a 16 week movie, start to finish. Because I mean, first off, every time they leave, it's the same scene in LA. Every scene in the car, like they just shot eight scenes one day and just use the same. It's the same little you know shot down Market Street and then you know, San Pedro. It does, and you're like, oh, so they just filmed there. Because they filmed there two days. They filmed somewhere else for two days. They did the interior. All right, cool. Yeah, especially. I mean. It feels like this whole movie took place maybe within three days. It was a conflict. Sure. It was solved. a lot of fights, dude. That's a lot of fights, man. Everybody got to go home and heal after that. So Brandon, Brandon after, Lee, three, three suits. There you go. After, yeah, three suits. He, he got them for $99 at the $99 suit jo- store. Three suits Joseph A. Bank, buy one, get three free. We got you. We got you. How, many, how, many, how long is the movie? I got you. Don't worry. So <laughs> after the bath fight, it cuts back. Then, then we'll get the um, homemade hot tub scene. Oh, his tiny hot tub. And then... He's way too big for that hot tub. Some (laughs) gratuitous, absolutely gratuitous, nasty sex with the body double. Ooh, it was good. So awkward. They lay in bed next to each other. They just go down for a solid 15 seconds. That was maybe nasty. And yeah, I love love those shots of like shows her face and then boom tits just to show it's a body double <laughs> she makes mm-hmm. her sure and that, thing. that that music that music mm. so bad that seems to turn off in every there's nothing sexy about any of the sex scenes you what think Dolph's O face is sexy come on man well, he you just know, lies there motionless he drops the best joke in the whole movie though I, is... I heard you coming yeah I was gonna uh... say that's the best joke in the whole movie I, I just about died laughing and I was like that makes sense I even stopped. I was like, what did she, what did they just say? But I have an explanation for the hot tub. I think that Dolph Lundgren's full of shit in this movie. I know it's good. I know it's a stretch. I think he bought the house off somebody else. And that is a standard size hot tub for two normal people. And because he's so fucking massive, it looks like he's sitting in a fucking solo cup. Yeah, I don't know. And he says he well, you built think they use some house. of those uh, Alfred Hitchcock perspective shots to make him look even tinier. <laughs> <laughs> 
We got a show, guys. Dolph like don't worry, though, because your dick is going to look huge, and we're going to make sure Brandon talks about it later. Oh, speaking <laughs> of which, that scene we got to talk about. They're honest. <laughs> they get ambushed by a gang. They're, they might die. Brandon's standing there with his pistol, and he goes, oh, by the way, if we die, I just got to tell you, got the biggest dick you've ever seen on a man, which, wow. Why? Is this a line in the movie? Why mm. it, it gets the what? it gets the guy from Roadhouse off the hook. The guy who used that to fuck guys exactly like you in prison, he's really. off the hook for the gayest thing ever said on film. Yeah, no, this Dude. is, and it was originally gonna be you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a white man, but they changed it, which I don't know if that makes it any less weird. It was it was supposed to be a joke, but then they scrapped it, and then they just said it like, why for is a this a joke? Oh boy. I don't the know. So many, fight, so many dick jokes you could come up with that would be proper. Oh, I just don't understand why they just throw this out there and then it really just throws it that like I think Brandon wanted to fuck Dolph. I mean, he has yeah. that old monologue where he tells him, like, Dolph, like, I like you. Like, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't know why we like each mm -hmm. other. I just I saw he you. He also says he wants to go be a sheriff in Malibu, which is a good <laughs> scene too. It really a lot, there's of, a lot, lot of, of questionable there's a, a lot there's of, a lot of questionable stuff. Yeah, it like really... nice dick, but I still don't like sushi. That should have been the look, line. Look, be really... Right. It's not look, and it's not questionable because of the sexuality. It's questionable because of the desire to hide it. And you know what I mean? Like just come out and say it. Hey man, listen, I don't like sushi. I prefer sausage. It's there was fine. that there was that one line where he even says, like, he's referring to revenge, like, we're gonna nail this guy, and then we're gonna go back and eat sushi off those naked girls. That was questionable. That was questionable. That was too like, wait. <laughs> After sex fight, though, come on, dude. That was the test of any hero in the '80s. Okay, was you your James Bond style, right? You get it on with the hot chick, okay, and then someone comes to kill you. They wait till you're done. They wait at till least. you're done. Then, then they listen. They listen at the door. No, no, no. No, he's, he's still, still pounding it. Let him finish. Oh, he's going. Oh, give him a minute. He's going to wear himself out here. <laughs> Jesus, has it been 15 minutes? Dolph Lundgren, Arnold Schwarzenegger light, you are amazing. <laughs> they have that whole shootout. They get kidnapped. We get another very questionable scene, the torture scene. Of course, they got to be straight out of lethal weapon. Yeah, it is another straight lethal, lethal weapon. We straight out of lethal weapon. But this time they're both with their shirts off. Dolph Lundgren still in his little swim trunks, showing off well, those. He's guns. ripped, though. Oh, he's ripped. And he's <laughs> they ripped. tear him up. Oh, man. They electrocute <laughs> him. And they have that whole. I mean, even the guy that was torturing him was like reached up and like rubbed his abs, like, uh, <laughs> greased it up a little porcelain. bit. <laughs> and of course, they have that whole Dr. Evil moment like, I'm going to leave you with this one guy, and I hope this goes to plan. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> but... we have a camera. Wink, wink, because <laughs> it's made in Japan. But that's what's confusing is they're watching it with Cassandra. It's like, look at them die. And then they see Dolph escape. He's like, ah, damn it. And they just kind of walk away and they go, they, can, they go to the compound. And then, but don't, they, they had caught I, again. <laughs> they, I, I, think, I think if you looked at the school reports of all supervillains in uh, 90s and 80s action films, it would all say, does not finish tasks. Yeah. They're because really? none of them ever do this shit. Any fucking movie. It's always like, you know what? I'm just going to leave you with the worst henchman I've got. And he's going to finish the job for me. And the whole the whole operation is going to well, hinge on you know, the back the, of the this guy. The problem with that. The guy with nine fingers is going to finish it. 
I'm going to let Mr. Eight Fingers do you in. No. The problem with that is that earlier in the movie, the villain to establish himself showed up and with like crystal clear precision and clarity in his mind, blew this guy away at the pier for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then when the moment comes to kill your worst enemy, you're just like, you know what? I've been doing that meditation. And, you know, if the shark doesn't eat him, then the shark doesn't eat him. Master Chi says it'll be fine. Like, you know, like all of a sudden they're in a different mind state because they've been, you know, hanging. Maybe they got the job in Malibu and now they're just fucking weird. I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. understand. Look, let's hit the checklist. They went from the bath fight to the after sex fight and now we're in the compound fight. Yeah, we got, I mean, well, they got kidnapped once, tortured, escaped, almost killed again in the compound by getting crushed by, you know, that thing in the car, escape, fake their deaths. Only to come back, and then we get the factory fight scene, and yeah, it's just so it's just checklist. Like, okay, you guys already got tortured, and you could have just escaped from that and went straight to the factory. But again, this movie's not long enough, so they had to do. Oh, we caught you again. Got to kill, almost kill you again. Up, oh, you escaped. That might be where the missing footage is. Who knows? Yeah, and that's what I like about this whole movie is through the whole thing, you can pretend. Well, maybe there was something better in that point. I mean, you might say it to yourself twenty or thirty times, but. <laughs> it's, like, it's nice to know it could be maybe it could be better we do get that whole factory fight scene we get brandon lee gets in that whole fight and he's reading his miranda rights but then he just says fuck it and he throws him in the thing he's like you have the right to be dead boom blows him up that was falls into the uh, meth and dies. dude that <laughs> was a super that's a super villain right there he could have really. come back as meth man <laughs> and lived in bakersfield they get oh, but we gotta talk about Dolph's getup, the the montage where he decides Whoa. to dress. Oh, this was such an full, odd choice. Full Bushido gear. It was full on with weapons we haven't seen since uh, Kurosawa films. Yeah, <laughs> and, and breaking them out like you know. And I mean, in modern day, if a nerdier guy took that role, he'd be like, you know, this is an ancient fourteen seventy three axe that I got, and this is a yeah. real lord from the year 100 i i have a pretty valid point here right he tucks everything into his waistband is he walking to this fight because you're not sitting down the car in this shit after you've just you cut your own dick off with the fucking little tiny sword or the fucking axe they, uh, or whatever else you've got tucked in there. it's just not it's not yeah it's not he gets out of a car doesn't he he they drove that truck remember they <laughs> they crashed it through a fucking wall the red dragon <laughs> truck oh the truck so, with the unlimited ammo that's yeah the one. unlimited ammo and they didn't mm -hmm. shell it but he pulled the back of the truck open and that's where all the samurai swords are he mm -hmm. just like went through a rotation when they were throwing the bottles of meth and beer at people then the dude remember when the dude said now americans can drink beer and do meth while they watch football and i was laughing because <laughs> No meth head's going to pay for the NFL package, right? They're bullshit. That's not, no, they don't even have TVs. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bro, they just watch it on their phones. What are you talking about? <laughs> at, at this point in the movie, I made an observation, all right? And it's it's been laughed at earlier in this podcast, is I love the 80s and the 90s because I didn't need a beard to be right. cool. Because there's not yeah. a single fucking beard in this movie. You two bearded wonders in front of me right now. <laughs> Okay, I fuck can't grow guys. a beard to save my life, but fuck yeah, the 80s and 90s, I didn't feel like I needed to. Now, everybody's got a goddamn beard in the movie, and I feel inadequate, but the 80s and 90s, I could feel perfect. 
That was the big thing even Stallone talked about. Because in the 80s, you need to be fucking ripped. But then assholes like Keanu Reeves came along. And you had to be like these skinny dudes that are taking over. Fuck you. <laughs> we roided up. We balled up. And that's, so that, no, that's just like, dude, that's just like the whole, um, you know, Guns and Roses and Poison. And then Nirvana came along. Oh, yeah. That's like, the beat. God damn it. Like, you know, we used to kick ass. And then it was like, no, man, we're depressed. Oh, man, how the fuck are you more rock and roll than me? Yeah, back in rock and roll was about having long blonde hair and just yeah, and dressing yeah. in those tights. It went That's it went from I've got all the cocaine, I've got all the cocaine to I don't have any cocaine. And now I'm I don't have any cocaine. I got all the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> they, they switched <laughs> drugs and that's why the 90s was a little sadder than <laughs> I miss the 80s. Right. I'll do an okay. Before we go, I got some things I'm gonna talk to you about here. Uh Brandon Lee mentioned some of his best lines. He also says, What's a futon? He does say that. So of all the things that are changing in culture, when he goes to sleep over with them, they're like, you can sleep on the futon. He's like, what's a futon? Hopefully people know what a futon is. I think people know what sushi is now. People with heroin knew what a futon was. I said, when I first moved to Hollywood, I lived in a futon for like two years. I'm a friend's living room, man. Oh my God. I love that, As man. you should. That's how you do it. Um, we were talking about the, bu- the, the, the buddy cop movies and all of this and the Asian stereotype kind of action you know yokozuna and with the you know the honor and the seppuku killings and the tattoos and like dude it was so fun it took jackie chan to make asians smile in american movies again right (laughs) that's what it took dude even the women were like joy luck club pure depression there was no happy there was no literal joy and i think that this was part of that was like there was always like that stereotype of like you know very angry no sense of humor uh you know, because this movie, there's nothing positive about anybody's stereotypes in this movie. Cops, muscle heads, idiots, drug users. Nobody is portrayed properly in this film. Right. I, I think it was missing one character that wasn't a chief. There was no chief bringing him in going, you know what? You fuckers killed 14 people today. You got to ease up. Nope. Yeah, they, never went, that... they, they never went to the office once except for the guy with a broken neck once they... for the interrogation their suspect literally kills himself and their chief who's supposed to be a hard ass is like yeah oh whatever well you'll get him next what time. did you guys do he just says what'd you do <laughs> and that's it that's his only and they were thing. like this hey man he was alive when we got here yeah, we don't have that. I would just like best nails. boss ever. High five. I'm going back <laughs> right. to kill or some more people. They got some shit on him, and then that's how it really works when you got some shit on your boss. And that's right? what made it different from the buddy comedies. But a little refreshing. It's like you guys—they didn't lose their badges at all. They didn't get suspended. And they didn't get taken off the case. They just killed a bunch of people, and that's fine. That's, <laughs> well, I think they're I'm the saying. entire Asian task minutes. force. Those two yeah. guys. You know, violence, drugs, titties. Not a lot of plot line to follow especially the way that our bad guy gets killed was pretty bizarre that they do have a showdown at the very they had a showdown in little tokyo against dolph and the guy that killed his parents which by the way when dolph talks about his parents dying he's so nonchalant it's supposed to be like this dramatic monologue it's like my parents got killed it was really such a bummer i i fought him off but i have a scar on my face now like moving oh, on, bro. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like but, such a bummer. dude. He reminds me yeah. of Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's how now, bad now, his acting is. That's so bad. Now but the I, bad guy describing when he killed his parents almost makes it sound like his dad was a prick and deserved it. Yeah. I was gonna say, or maybe they just had a threesome, and then that's how that guy gets off. Yeah, ah! I mean. 
I mean, he does chop girls' heads off to get off. That's what we found. Right. Out. Murder porn is his deal. Maybe they, you know, were into something crazy. His dad didn't want to talk about it. Right. But I mean, what is Dolph Lundgren like? So they get in this fight. He stabs him, but then like chucks him onto this. What was that? Like a wheel of fortune? Yeah, it was a fireworks <laughs> wheel for the, for the Chinese New Year, which just happened to be happening that night. Yeah, we didn't establish, I guess, it was the Chinese New Year. And then he starts spinning around, and that whole thing goes off, which, by the way, if you're on that wheel, it will explode and, and kill you. Which And everyone's just cheering as he's dying, and it's like, all right, everyone's high-fiving. They, like, they think it's part of it. They're just <laughs> like, oh, my God. But not really, because they were all surrounding the fight and watched the whole thing happen, watched him kill him. And they're like, oh, this is good. This is fun. And they're all cheering him on. But like, no, some dude's going to get murdered. Like, the stakes are really well, high right now. You know, the swords in the street uh, was made popular by Highlander. But these oh, guys upped it by adding the firework circle of death. Yeah. I think but, the firework know, circle of death is samurai a, swords. I think it's a homage street. to Indiana Jones. Yeah. Homage. Homage. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, potato, potato. My fucking accent. <laughs> look at Dan. You look at Dan. Dan's like, I can't read Chinese. I can't speak English. I don't. <laughs> I can. Sp I can speak Japanese. That's fucked up with my accent. It's like radio. Come by one. Oh, Nikki Geska. Yeah, yeah. Me, me speaking Japanese just confuses Japanese people more. As it should. As it should. Yeah. And that's probably why I stopped doing it after about six months. And it was like, this is. Probably not going to work out very well. Probably I'm not, not going to be an. Out. I'm not going to be an interpreter, no matter how fucking good I get at this. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, this was great. Think, that's, we, the, that's the movie. There's been the no movie. sequel because Unfortunately. a. Uh, well, we know about the Brandon part, but even Dolph Lundgren. This is a role I hope he never reprises. Okay, I suggest <laughs> both of you guys go check him out. As I don't know if he's Aquaman's dad or Aquaman's stepdad. I don't know. He's like Uncle? the king of the underwater shit. But I I'm like, yeah, the Dolph Lundgren, man. Come on. I would break you. I hang my head on I hang my head on Red Scorpion as a movie with Dolph Lundgren. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will say I did just watch his old school Punisher and I loved it. I no, that one's that one's decent. That one's decent. That was a solid Was he also one. in Red Heat with uh No James Belushi? Uh, that was no, that was Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger um, light, man. I got him. Wow. <laughs> How did I mess those up? That is some... Thank you, California. That is some good weed. And weirdly enough, <laughs> the Expendables movies, they're not good, but I enjoyed the second one, which is weird. I don't, think, I don't know if that's ever happened where the second one was the only decent one, but Dolph was in that. I do. I recommend it. I think it's it funny that Friday. his resume... His resume as an action star is good enough to get him in the Expendables. That's all you need to know. That's all you need. He that's was, all you need. He was good back in the day, you, trying to make a you, comeback. It's you good. know it's going to come out in a couple of years, like 20 years from now when poor old Dolph falls off the twig. You'll find out that he had a ghostwriter somewhere or he had a pseudonym and he was probably writing great works of fiction that no one knows about. And he's like, oh, yeah, I kept it a yeah. secret this whole time. <laughs> the lost yeah. tale His name is Lundgren. Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, <laughs> it goes I want to talk about a movie. There's a movie coming out that I just heard about. Have you guys heard about this? The Reagan movie, it's called Reagan, starring no. Dennis Quaid as Ronald Reagan. Oh, Jesus. They just started filming it, dude. I was like this. Ooh, I'm into it. <laughs> I don't know. Dennis Quaid's been off the deep end for a while. He hasn't really been in anything good. So I'm a little he started weird. off in weird movies, though. Dreamscape. 
yeah fucking weird he had some solid ones in the middle though but it's been kind of falling off the deep end i, I, I think he's know. been hanging out with john voight too much of late i think it's going to be oh. a weird movie oh, oh. Jesus. I don't is there any know. what's a, we're talking about brandon lee movies you know none of his movies i mean oh. the crow wasn't really a weird movie none of his movies were weird uh his other movie the um rapid fire is also rapid fire yeah that was a pretty good and that removed the Dolph Lundgren factor and that really let him just kick a lot of ass and not really have to explain shit. That movie have, was yeah. awesome. I'll have to check that out too. I've only seen The Crow and this, but I did not dive into the other. Oh, you know, we're talking about the Crow is no. excellent because he's dead in the movie and that really allows his acting to be okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, legacy, legacy of Legacy of Rage, 1986. That's the one you really need to check that's out. That's the one, dude. You. He fights against Bolo. He fights Bolo, movie. yep, in that oh movie. Oh, my God. Nice. He kicks Bolo's ass in that movie. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, that's hilarious. You there punch you me, I nerd punch nerd you. Boom. There's some nerd. Pulls off that clip-on bow tie like a motherfucker. Fuck like he's yes, ready, dude. dude. Every banquet server has felt that way. I know if you guys are in comedy, you've been banquet servers or bartenders sometime in your life. <laughs> Well, do you guys recommend Showdown Little Tokyo? I know I do highly. I recommend it absolutely because it's only 79 minutes and five of them are credits. So it's like a podcast <laughs> of violence. It really is like an hour, 15 minute movie. Maybe it's less. So short. It's really an episode of one, you know. Exactly. But there's so much. Uh, it's really a time capsule. <laughs> it was the 80s trying to die. <laughs> I reckon I recommend it. I don't think I quite enjoyed it as much as I did when I was fifteen. But but maybe that's just saying I need to unlock my inner fifteen year old and go back and regress my tastes and enjoy movies more. A simpler time. <laughs> that's funny. As my yeah, first funny. time watching it not too long ago, I highly Well Kevin said that the titties didn't hold up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I enjoyed the body doubles titties and what's her face's titties before Angel. Poor her. Angel. Poor Angel. If you're really gonna do a, a uh podcast on this movie, you would have Angel as your guest. Please. Because that is one of the like it's a notorious role. I hope I hope she's still around. I hope she's okay. I hope she's not still on meth, but probably doing probably doing stand-up. <laughs> Oh, or or still in real estate bro you know that they have two options all right well do you guys have anything you want to plug or promote on your your social media while you're on here uh yeah i um i have a show called are you my veggie mate um it's on facebook and if you follow g'day from la three a's in g'day uh you can find it on facebook that's where we're at g'day from la there we go. And I've got that going. And I've also got a podcast called The Verbal Gym, which is op- which is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts about stand-up comics trying to break through in LA. Holler. Yeah, man, I recommend uh, Dan's podcast, The Verbal Gym, too. That is an amazing podcast. Uh, me, I do not have a podcast. I'm a guest on this podcast. You can find me at ctacomedy.com. You can find me on Instagram at ctacomedy. That's me. CT Adam. Kevin, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to see Dan. We got to see each other in person this week, working out some material. Ooh, hey. looks like the drought is over and in person comedy might prevail. It's coming back slowly but surely. No right. worries, gentlemen. Well, Thanks thank you very much, Kevin. I had a ball on this thing. I love being on your podcast. Of course. You guys are welcome back anytime.